0: back to Martins & More. My name is Mari Roach And I'm Spoon Phillips. And we have a lot to talk about, Spoon. What's going on today?
1: Well, today is going to be a very woody day. And I don't mean uh, from Toy Story. <laughs> from Cheers? Uh, or nor from Cheers. Famous woodies, nor is it the famous
0: film director Woody Allen. What about station wagons with wood on the side? <laughs> ah, when I was a little boy,
1: we actually had one of those. I would say uh, no to all of those. We're going to continue our discussion about great tone woods that are
0: available from Martin Guitar. And I was going to say, we're back. Besides, we have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> oh, very punny. Very, very punny. All right. Let's just be serious. For one minute, out of all these episodes, let's just do the work. What can you tell me about back and sides and continuing our conversation from last week? Would you agree the tonal contribution of the back and sides is not quite as apparent as the soundboard top?
1: I think general wisdom uh, is that the top or the soundboard, since that's where the sound waves are created, that the soundboard has the most to do with the overall tone of a guitar. But I think back and sides are... Given short shrift in that, I think back and sides matter tremendously because you can take guitars made with the warm, full uh, Sitka sound, or the very quick, focused Adirondack sound. And if you're going to have uh, the back and sides of one kind of tone wood, Or the back and sides of another one they're going to sound very different so so um i think it's subtler the influence of the back and sides perhaps but i think it's still very important particularly when we're talking about solid wood guitars
0: and i was trying to think of a good analogy here on this program with this topic today i would almost liken it to say if you play a guitar in somebody's room and then you take that same guitar and play it in a store take that same exact guitar and play it in some third place you're hearing the guitar and you're also hearing the environment that it's in and some people could say that guitar sounds bright when it's in the store that guitar might sound dark when it's in somebody's bedroom it's probably a little bit of an extreme take but i would almost say the guitar's top in that situation is the guitar and the guitar's back and sides is the room and what i mean by that is the guitar starts to make sound and vibration from the strings and the top and then it bounces off of either maple or it bounces off of mahogany, or it bounces off of rosewood internally instead of externally. Does that make any sense to you? Actually, I never thought of it that
1: way before, but I think that's right on the money. Because the, uh, the guitar is a room, it's, it is in fact called the sound chamber. And the back and sides of the sound chamber, as well as the shape of the guitar, the depth of the guitar, the width of the guitar, and the width of the soundboard, and all that stuff, all contribute And when it comes to sound waves, the back is basically there to reflect the sound waves. The sides are also there to reflect the sound waves, but they have even more of a wild card because of the shaping of the sides of how those sound waves are reflecting and bouncing around inside the guitar. The overall cubic space of the sound chamber, that woody room contribute, but the specific Piece of wood and the specific species of that wood have certain dampening effects, where it will either filter out, absorb, or reflect different frequencies better. And that's why certain back and side woods are said to be have more complex overtone content. And I think I think we should begin with the I guess the elephant in the room: the most popular. Uh, back and side tonewood today is East Indian rosewood. Yes. Species that's native to India. And it's also important to point out, you mentioned bright and you mentioned dark. And bright means something different to everybody. Everybody's vocabulary, and I mentioned this when we were talking about soundboards, I'm fascinated by the fact that musical tone has almost no vocabulary available to it that isn't taken from the other senses. Um, warm is used for, for light. And warm is also used like in painting warm colors, that's also based on light, um, because we associate uh, certain colors with fire, firelight throughout human history and the warmth of a fire. Warm also means the actual warmth that you feel, and so on. Bright, dark, warm. It's funny that you hear people talking about warm, but you never hear them talking about a guitar being cold or, or cool, you know, or very rarely do you hear that. So it's difficult for us to speak about this and have everybody listening to us have a brain that knows exactly what we're saying when we say those kind of terms. Metallic, a lot of people say Indian Rosewood guitars have a metallic sound. Whether well, strings are made of metal, how could it not have a metallic sound? But I think I know what they're saying. And um, I don't necessarily hear that when I hear Indian rosewood guitars, because my brain isn't focusing on whatever that is. I'm focusing on the witty overtones and undertones and all that. So it's, it's fascinating that you can listen to a guitar, whether you're in that store you mentioned, or whether you're in that room that you mentioned, you can actually sit there and focus on different aspects of that tone. And when you're talking about professional level instruments like they make at CF Martin and company with all solid wood construction, you can start to hear all kinds of stuff. Of course, when you're just listening to the record and you're just listening to John Mayer or, or Taylor Swift or whoever it is playing their guitar, we don't tend to do that. And we just tend to basically hear the, the most, you know, normal fundamental aspects of those, those instruments. So we're getting into very geeky stuff here today, talking about these different woods. There'll be plenty of guitar builders out there that will tell you that the back and sides don't really matter that much, just go with back and sides that you like the look of because it's really all about the soundboard. I, I don't agree with that. But uh, so before we go any farther, as we focus in on East Indian rosewood, the most common rosewood used on professional level guitars today, Mario Rutz, what's your take on Indian Rosewood?
0: I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm guilty of really being a homer when it comes to Rosewood and all the programs we have on YouTube and all the podcasts and all the times I get an opportunity to bear my soul to the Internet. It's been well documented that I'm a big fan of Rosewood guitars. When it comes to Rosewood versus Mahogany, uh, even though I think it's kind of funny to be on one side of that, I'm always voting Rosewood. It doesn't mean I don't like Mahogany, but Rosewood... It's just one of those things, I've played so many guitars, I've been so fortunate to have played a lot of Martin guitars in my time, Uh, being a Martin dealer as long as we have, I get the rare opportunity to play every guitar we bring in here. So I get to play Mahogany, Rosewood, and a lot of other Tonewoods so consistently that I I get an opportunity to reevaluate my decision. It's just something I'm drawn to. Maybe you can compare it to a piano. I can play a couple of chords on piano I'm not very good, I'm self-taught, and I I really do want to take lessons while we're on that subject. But what I can do is I can play a couple of chords. When I change from one chord to another, I lean on the sustain pedal to cover up my mistakes. If if I'm going to do something I don't like, the sustain (laughs) pedal kind of hides some warts, so to speak. I hear something in Rosewood that maybe it goes way back to when I first learned how to play guitar, but I think Rosewood's more forgiving. I think if you're going to play some passages on a guitar, what happens when the soundboard gets sent into motion and like we talked a moment ago, it sends that energy and that sound into the chamber of the guitar. I think Rosewood gives you a bit of natural reverb, natural sustain. And and what happens in the overtones of a chord, for example, when you strum a Rosewood guitar and then change to the next chord, I think Rosewood just sounds more pleasing to me in the things that are happening between what I'm doing, what I'm playing with my hands, the things that happen in between what I'm, creating seems to be either forgiving or if you listen to a a vocal and you're recording something you listen to it naked and it's just just right there you hear every little thing for good and bad you put a little bit of reverb a little bit of delay and dress it up a little bit i think that's what rosewood does to a guitar's tone in comparison to mahogany i know that's not fair to just compare those two for the whole program but starting there i think rosewood is just, it, there's something pleasing about it, and I'm, I'm having a hard time describing why, but when I play a Rosewood guitar for 15 minutes and I put it down and I play a Mahogany back insides guitar, it goes away. I, I, that's the best I could think of.
1: Well, that's interesting that you have already gone to comparing Rosewood to Mahogany. Uh, I think again, we're talking about the overtone content and the way that Rosewoods, really all of the Rosewoods that are used to make acoustic guitars have a more complex overtone content and undertone content. So I mentioned before that technically undertone in an acoustic lab, but they're referring to the lower harmonics. So the harmonics off of the bottom A string and the bottom E string as compared to the harmonics that come off the high E string and the B string and so forth when you're hearing a chord sustaining, some of the fundamentals are higher than some of those lower overtones. And that's, that's the real technical uh, definition of undertone. For me, undertone, when it comes to Martin guitars, refers to that body resonance and that the, uh, and it is part, still married to the whole overtone undertone thing that I just mentioned, but it is that lusher, darker, rounder wound string, uh, sustain and it's very colorful and depending on the depending on the particular guitar topwood and backwood and all that some of them are more colorful than others i uh, a friend of ours is fond of saying that indian rosewood is like the the eight uh crayon crayola box where brazilian rosewood is the 64 crayon crayola box and um But we'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, Indian rosewood is a very lush sounding, colorful, rich sounding uh, reflection of the top wood. And when you have warm sitka, warm, powerful sitka, and you have Indian rosewood, you get that wonderfully luscious, Martin guitar sound. Very good example is your OM28V that you've been playing for so many years now that it's so wonderfully broken in. When we were talking about our top 10 Martins HD 28 with the Ford shifted bracing and that big dreadnought body and Indian and Sitka, uh, just wonderfully lush round, full, beefy sound to it. When you talked about mahogany, on the other hand, And people do this, you know, rosewood mahogany back and forth all the time. We're talking about mahogany back inside on a similar guitar. It's not devoid of harmonics. It's not devoid of undertone, but it's simpler. And so it doesn't, like you say, fill up that sustain between uh, the one thing you're playing and moving on to the next thing. And it doesn't hang around as much. And it doesn't, uh, and it doesn't, fill up that space. Uh, Years ago, when I first started writing on the internet, I would refer to the the smoky rosewood undertone because it seemed to me that those lush Martins made with Indian rosewood, it was like filling this this sonic space with smoke. Like when you see a sunbeam coming through and you see smoke in the room, um, you know, from a, Fireplace, or somebody smoking a cigarette, or whatever, and it was like filling up that space where mahogany is airier and it's it has presence, but it doesn't have that kind of complexity. If I were using a like an arc, like a protractor arc, and I would put Brazilian rosewood at the at the very top of it, and to the left, if you're looking at it, to the left of Brazilian rosewood, the rosewood get darker and lusher so that's where you get into amazon rosewood and that's where you get into cocobolo which is very inky dark base stuff and guatemalan rosewood is in there and and uh so too is uh going all the way over i would put indian rosewood perhaps almost all the way to the left and and in terms of rosewood i'd go even farther left with uh, macassar ebony from indonesia which is used it's not a rosewood but it's Got similar tonal properties and even darker. And and then as you come up to the other side, you go to the right, you're heading into brighter, more, I don't know if you call it mahogany-esque rosewood, still very colorful, still very complex. Over there is the Honduran rosewood, which is a very fast rosewood. One thing about rosewood is no matter what top you're using, the effect of the rosewood kind of blooms out of particularly in harmonics blooms out of that guitar and out into the room and some rosewoods bloom faster than others and honduran rosewood like you're doing hammer-ons or whatever that those notes just pop out uh cl- more similar to something like mahogany and then even farther over from honduran is guatemalan rosewood which i think is the most uh i used to say uh it was the m- rosewood for mahogany lovers because it It can get darker and inkier, um, but it's still it's still, and it's very colorful, particularly up in the upper harmonics and stuff. And um, but it doesn't have the gravitas in that low mid meatiness that you get out of the lusher rosewoods. So that's a very quick take on that. And then if you go farther on that side, on the right side, as you get into the less lush and and even though so rosewoods it's still harmonically complex then you start heading in toward koa and mahogany and maple and, and walnut and those other woods that we'll talk about in a few minutes but indian rosewood is wonderful all the major builders build with it i think some people got used to it and want the more exotic rosewoods that are available uh, guatemalan rosewood cocobolo honduran rosewood and sometimes Guatemalan and Honduran can be different species. Madagascar rosewood wasn't always the exact same species. They're different subspecies. So sometimes you'll get, you will hear Honduran rosewood guitars that are sound darker and, and lusher than others because they're not exactly the same species. But when it comes to Martin, Guatemalan rosewood from Martin is all the exact same species. The Honduran rosewood they've been using in the modern times, which has been rare, uh, exact same species. Um, Honduran rosewood is usually used for marimbas, partially because the trees aren't that big. So it's hard to find sets that'll work on guitars, but also, uh, it's very, again, that quick reflex when you tap it, when you're, when somebody's playing marimba, it's a very quick, snappy, uh, report, um, where Indian rosewood and cocobolo, Guatemalan, they, uh, the bloom is slower and lusher and, um, I think uh, Brazilian, which everybody seems to be, is the holy grail. It's gotten even more holy grailish because it's because it's a terribly endangered species that's unavailable now legally uh, for international trade. Um, so the domestic, you know, supplies that people have been holding onto forever, and dwindling. That's pretty quick. I think it has a glassier quality to it. Down, so you can hear down into the base. You hear the details more. It's not as as dark and woofy as the all those other r- lusher rosewoods it can be lush you definitely run into brazilian that can be quite lush but it's kind of the goldilocks sweet spot in the in the minds and ears of uh, many people and and of course it was the reason it was used for all those years up until uh, up until they had to change the indian rosewood um that would be kind of a trivia question um uh, it's not our official trivia question but uh anybody out there, remember, if you're listening on YouTube, maybe you can put in the comments, what year did Martin switch from Brazilian to uh, Indian rosewood for their main rosewood? And since we're about to talk about mahoganies, what year did Martin first start building back and sides with mahogany? We'll see if anybody out there knows that. So you've been around, Mar, you've been around other rosewoods a lot because Martin has started building with other rosewoods. How would you compare that ship of the line, Indian Rosewood to Guatemala and Madagascar, which are the other major choices still available at Martin today?
0: Before I answer that, I don't want to change my earlier answer, but I want to attach an amendment. I talked so much about the overtones and what happens in the guitar's tonal balance with a rosewood instrument after you play the fundamental note. And I forgot to mention the biggest reason that I really gravitate towards rosewood. I like bass, and I honestly do think that all things being equal, if two Martin guitars are built the same way, one has mahogany back and sides, one has rosewood back and sides, I do hear a bump in the bass register, both in the overtones and the fundamental. And if I'm really looking back to tell you why I go towards rosewood guitars from the beginning, they just sound bassier to me. you know, in general. So I know that's a painting with a broad brush, but I didn't want to forget to say that. But to answer your other question, I'm in a unique situation where I play so many Martin guitars with Rosewood, but they almost all have East Indian. And the times we get to play some rare things at Martin, going back to when the factory was was wide open for dealers and friends, and you could go there every time there was a NAM release. I did get to play several Guatemalan. uh, Madagascar was probably the the second most other Rosewood that I've played. But frankly, I haven't really been able to spend a lot of time with the alternative Rosewoods with Martin. And if you look in our current inventory today, I don't know that I have anything in stock that's not East Indian. It's only a few times that I ever see a Brazilian Rosewood guitar come through the store. As much as I'm a dealer and I have so much access to so many Martins, uh, that's one of those answers I kind of have to almost punt because I, I don't have a lot of real world experience playing anything but East Indian. But the times I have played Madagascar, I feel a little bit uneducated to answer in this way, but I remember it being a little bit more complex. If you would hold on to a long sustaining chord on East Indian, when you play something like Madagascar, I think I remember it sounding a little bit more, almost like Rosewood is versus Mahogany, Madagascar is versus East Indian, but not to that extent. And in a blind test, I know I would be able to tell that you're not playing the same tone woods back to back, And if I remember correctly, there was a a really good example of this maybe four or five Martin Fests ago. Matt Carroll might have been holding court in one of those hotel rooms and was one of those unique times when five or six really expensive guitars got together and we got to play them back to back. More importantly, we got to watch one person playing them when we could stand in front. And I remember that was one of those Guatemalan versus Indian versus Brazilian versus something else. And the differences are there, but I'm not necessarily ready to say on, on camera that I could certainly pick things out of blind tests.
1: That's something that's something else was Honduras, Rosewood, Honduran Rosewood. And a couple of those, three of those guitarists came from Morris Music. They were customs that you had. One was made with Honduran Rosewood, one was made with Cocobolo, and um, and one was Madagascar. And then there was, they also had Indian in the room too. And that uh, that was very, I think, educational for a lot of people, but there was a long time ago to really remember the details, but um, when you talk about that again, that the uh, when you the way you describe it, the sustain pedal, that bloom, that rises up and, of with the harmonics, that rosewood bloom really enriches those what I call the low mid. You call it bass. It's really the bo- whole bottom end. So that bassy undertone, it really. Uh, comes up in through in through the mid range so you just get a fuller warmer sound and and with more colors and and as you let something sustain more colors when you're playing a picking pattern if you're finger picking you're paying a picking pattern that starts to build up and which is why some people actually prefer mahogany leo Kottke used to call it uh he would say the uh clouds start to form in the in the mids because that that bottom end swells up and then hangs around longer. And uh, we have a, a friend of ours, uh, Howie Emerson, excellent, you know, world-class finger style player who wants as few overtones as possible. He's more like a jazz guitar player who wants, he wants to move on to the next note and he doesn't want all that stuff hanging around. And um, And I remember uh, taking the am Ferry with three jazz musicians from Manolim Brothers who were there playing the expensive jazz guitars, and we were talking about that. And I, you know, I was saying I would rather I would rather hear somebody playing jazz on a D eighteen, and they're saying, yeah, but if I'm playing some sort of flat five chord or thirteenth chord, I want to hear that that choral choir of all those notes, but without the extra overtones. But you and I really love overtones, and we really love <laughs> the lushness and and. Here's an important thing I want to bring up too is about uh, rosewood or mahogany. When I have had both and I started out mahogany primarily was totally a mahoganite as I called myself because I didn't like that that fullness and woofiness and darkness and and it it seemed uh you know too much but then I got seduced by it. It's like uh it, to me a martin made with indian rosewood and and uh Sitka spruce is like a double chocolate devil's food cake. And uh, you know, it's it is that richness and that uh, full flavor stuff. And when I go to play mahogany after playing rosewood, it sounds very plain jane and uninteresting and it, and it's a, and I at first I hear what's not there. But then my ear adjusts. And then I start hearing the more subtle combinations of the bass mids and trebles and and I start to really like that drier, woody quality. Like I started off talking about to some people's ears, rosewood sounds metallic, where mahogany sounds woodier. And it sounds like that dried out old wooden box that's, that's resonating that pure, more straightforward, but pure, I won't call it brighter, sunnier. It's like being out west where the air is very clear and dry as opposed to being in Tennessee in a, what's for all intents and purposes, a temperate rainforest where the dew is like <laughs> dripping off this, you know, and you can cut the air with a knife. Um, so that to me is cocobolo Bolo and Indian Rosewood and mahogany is more like being uh, west of the Mississippi and um, Southern California with that, c- you know, clear. Uh, so as long as you're away from the smog, that clear, crisp, <laughs> fresh air. Um, and, and you know, when I mention all those Rosewoods, to most people, they would know it's something's Rosewood, but you're not gonna know which Rosewood it is, particularly when you're just listening to somebody playing a guitar and uh, and singing, and if there's other instruments and stuff, it's really geeky stuff to sit there in a room and play a guitar and just sink into those sustained chords and marvel at all the amazing overtones. Our friend, Bill Peebles from uh, Loveland, Ohio with his Triple O 28. Hey, yeah, he, he spent, you know, most of his life playing a uh a good but less expensive mahogany uh triple O size guitar and he just still marvels at the overtones that come out of his Martin uh, triple O 28 and uh, the extra you know it's like having a backup singers you know for your guitar as it, if it were <laughs> and um so basically the rosewoods have unique properties but for the most part they sound very similar and you can certainly find brazilian rosewood martins made in the late 60s with a sitka top and indian rosewood martins with a sitka top made shortly after the change to indian rosewood that sound more similar than they sound different and that's important to remember um, so you know indian rosewood is a world-class tonewood that's, greatly loved. It is uh, now almost entirely done, made on plantations and the world is in danger of losing its Indian rosewood too because it's in such demand. So even Martin may start having to find a substitute. Uh, They may have to go with rosewoods from other parts of the world, you know, still probably in South Asia, but, uh, but there may come a time where Indian rosewood becomes as uh, exotic as Guatemalan and Madagascar Rosewood, unfortunately.
0: Well, you said more similar than different, and I can't resist a good segue. We just talked about the beginning of the pyramid here where it's rosewood mahogany, and then we went down the rosewood side to talk about the different types of rosewoods and how they're similar to each other. Can we talk about mahogany is mahogany is mahogany, or is now a good time to address mahogany is sepale is sipo? And I'm almost ready to ask you in advance, is it fair to say that the mahoganies sound more like each other than the rosewoods do?
1: I would say that's, I think that's a fair assessment. I think again, a lot of people would have a hard time hearing uh, different mahoganies and, and, but you know, based on the same construction and really, they, you know, if you're really focused in on it, there's gonna be some differences, but how much of that comes from the specific piece of spruce on top, there's no way to tell. Mahogany has a, we've said is not as complex a, a, a sound, um, gives off a, a, has fewer overtones or maybe fewer even levels of overtones, but it still has overtones. You still get harmonics you still get undertone and all that it can have plenty of sustain in terms of the basic basic notes but it doesn't have that kind of bloom that comes up and fills the gaps like we've been talking about between one chord and another or or one note and another so uh, i think a lot of people like it because it's drier and woodier sounding though i still hear plenty of woodiness in rosewood it's a different kind of woody it's famous as a uh, flat picking instrument because because it's so fundamental and you can move from one note to the other with great clarity every day they, uh, they were famous for recording better than rosewood guitars um, they sound less muddy when you're recording with them plenty of plenty of plenty of d18s are uh, unnamed on records that we recorded all across the 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s in studios because they record so well and you can hear the acoustic guitar very clearly. Um, and same thing with the smaller body guitars as well. I mentioned Leo Kottke, uh really liking Sitka and Mahogany. And uh, even though he has played Rosewood guitars over the years, again, just that you get a full guitar sound, but it's not as busy, it's not as warm, it's not as woofy. What Martin calls genuine Mahogany. It's ironic that Martin uses the term genuine mahogany to refer to big leaf mahogany species that used to be called Honduras mahogany, but it hasn't been taken from that country in a very long time because it got cut at, you know, completely cut down. It typically came from Brazil and Peru and other places in South America. Uh, the reason it's ironic is the actual species, Swietenia mahogany, isn't big leaf mahogany, it is the species that is now called Cuban mahogany or Floridian mahogany. It was from the Caribbean, and that's the actual genuine mahogany. But by the early 1800s, it was almost cut down to extinction by the European you know, furniture makers who were, who were taking it back um, to make furniture out of it. To my ear, the few guitars I've heard that have been made with that wood It sounds the most like African Sipeli to me. It's got very nice pop to it and very clear trebles and very distinct focused um, bass notes. Sipo and genuine mahogany, I think maybe have a little more warmth in the bottom end, but we're talking about very subtle stuff. I believe if you took 10 guitars that are made the exact same way, let's say D 16 or D 18 with Sipeli, and you had three Sapele, you had three genuine mahogany, and three Sipo, and then you threw in one Cuban mahogany. I would imagine that ten different people would not come close to being able to pick out which was which. I would think they the way the guitar is made, soundboard, all that will have more to uh, to do. To this with the sound of a mahogany guitar.
0: So those customers who call in and say they're interested in the CEO7 we have on the website, and they want to know if it's a Paley or Sipo or mahogany, am I allowed to say it doesn't matter?
1: Yes, you can say that, but yet at the same time, I think uh, the customer has it in his head. And frankly, uh, like uh, the name of the Pirandello play, right you are if you think you are. So there are people who, you know, have to have genuine mahogany. Just like there are people who did not buy an OM45 Deluxe Authentic 1930 because it wasn't solid abalone. It was the modern abalone veneer that allows the best looking abalone to be on the top. And that mattered to them that much that they chose not to buy that guitar. So uh, I do know that the 15s still use genuine mahogany. It's like if they're suddenly running low on whatever the, the mahogany that's spec'd for the 15s, and they happen to have a bunch of genuine mahogany, they'll do a run of genuine mahogany. Mahogany, as far as Martin's concerned, they're interchangeable. That's how similar they are. And you, you can, you know, you can end up with a 15 that has a sapelli back and sides and a sepo top. You can end up with. Uh, gender and mahogany sides and a SIPO back and a SIPO top, or it's, you know, I mean, that's really the way they'll do it when they're running, when they're doing runs of the 15 series. So it's, it is, um, it is interchangeable as far as Martin is concerned. They're all members of the mahogany family. Um, not that all members of the mahogany family are, have the same value, uh, Spanish cedars in the mahogany family, it's a much softer wood than those other ones and would not, I mean, I, 15 made of all Spanish cedar would definitely sound different. But when it comes to um, those two African species that Martin prefers using, and they've, they've never made an all solid Kaya, which is actually the, the official African mahogany species. They've never done that as far as I know. But, um, but in terms of Sapele, Sipo, and genuine mahogany, I think you're talking the different... They look more different than they sound
0: different. I'll put it that way. Well, while you were saying that, I just put on some really strong glasses. I looked into the future just a little bit, and I see some people crying. This podcast is almost half over, and all you've talked about is mahogany and rosewood. Where's the walnut? Where's the cherry? Where's the koa? What can you tell <laughs> me about things like that? Well, we're not going to
1: get into too many uh tonewoods because we're going to have a show in the future with michael dickinson our bestest bud at cf martin and company who has worn many hats there but in modern times he has been the uh, exotic wood buyer for cf martin but we'll talk about the ones you just mentioned because they're not all that exotic uh koa beautiful wood an acacia from the hawaiian islands it only grows in the hawaiian islands of all the uh, acacias which includes stuff like tasmanian blackwood and stuff like that. It is definitely the most toneful, soulful wood. And you'll, you know, all over the internet and in books, you'll hear that koa sounds like a combination of rosewood and mahogany. People ask you about walnut. It sounds like a combination of rosewood and mahogany. That's fiddlesticks because they have their own sound. And um, koa has beautiful, lovely harmonics, but there tend to be high end and high mid-range harmonics. They have harmonics down below, but not the same kind of undertone complexity that you get from Rosewood. Though I would say it's still a more complex, harmonically complex than Mahogany. I think Mahogany gets a bad rap for not being as bassy as Rosewood. I think Mahogany is definitely bassier than Koa. I think there's plenty of bass on a D18. Um, It's just rounder and, uh, but more and more transparent. I'm going to go back and use uh, Dick Boke's word "glassine." That's why he likes mahogany. It's like mahogany; you don't have that rosewood smoke. You can see through that tonal bubble that you that you your brain hears, and and you get some of that with koa as well. But I don't think it's nearly as warm in the bottom end as a good uh, Sitka topped mahogany guitar. But it's definitely got more pretty colors in the harmonics in the upper ranges. I've always been a big fan of Koa. Um, I love the the way that it, those, you know, that it has almost a Christmas tree sparkle to it and gets more and more that way as the guitar gets older. You know, I'm a big fan of that uh, beautiful limited edition, uh, the D Homeward. That's a uh, one of the most glorious sounding uh, Coa guitars I know of in the world and I'm when you get into walnut walnut is a much more transparent fundamental sounding wood it has its own bottom end warmth to it um, but like maple I think you're hearing the soundboard of a walnut guitar and a maple guitar more than your it, they add less coloring to the sound of the uh, of the soundboard. The true bare bones sound and personality of that guitar on a maple guitar is going to matter more about the sound, soundboard than anything else. It is much more a reflecting agent. That doesn't mean it doesn't matter. I think uh, Bird's Eye Maple does not have as uh, complex a sound as, as the, the Fiddleback Maples. I think, uh, Clara Walnut is a much softer Walnut than Black Walnut. And so that you're going to get, they're not going to sound exactly the same. I think with Clara Walnut, again, you're going to get more of the sound of the top and it's going to have less influence. The Walnut guitars still have their own unique sound. And then when you get into Cherry, I think Cherry is a is a, a wonderful wood, but it's more maple-like. It's got a very—they have like maple guitars, very sweet sound, uh, very pure sound. And uh, for people who are interested in having their guitar made from woods from the United States of America, cherry back and sides with a Sitka top—it's a marvelous combination. But they're really—they're uh, really more about the soundboard and reflecting the natural sound of the soundboard uh, compared to Koa, Mahogany, and Rosewood.
0: And not just USA, but I think a lot of the Martin's Cherry guitars are made from Pennsylvania wood.
1: Yeah, I think that's correct. I think that the Cherry that's used at Martin is uh, actually from Pennsylvania. That uh, O-M-E Cherry guitar has got a a European spruce top, but it's uh, been sourced through the its uh, Stewardship Council. So it's one of Martin's, you know, greener guitars, if you will, all of the wood on that is from, uh, you know, certified sustainable forests and uh, managed by people who care about the forest and the people who live in the forest and all that. But that's a wonderful guitar. And that's probably my favorite Martin Cherry guitar made to date. And I think it's still available for sale, as a matter of fact.
0: I didn't say anything, but the last time you and I had lunch at the Cherry Hill Hotel uh, right around the corner from Martin, I thought I saw somebody outside through the window climbing a tree. Uh, somebody else was cutting that tree down, and I wasn't completely sure, but it looked like somebody was walking that tree across the street to Martin, and I had a feeling they were making the OME cherry. But you were you were talking during, the, during that time, so I didn't want to interrupt you.
1: You're a big fibber. <laughs> the biggest Fibber I ever met. How good were those clams though? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's Mari Big Fibber Rooch. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's hilarious. Try to find your um,
0: train um, of thought now, buddy.
1: <laughs> and for people who get to go to Nazareth, when I, you know, for years we all learned that C.F. Martin moved from New York City in the 1840s to Cherry Hill, Pennsylvania because you weren't allowed to live in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, if you were not a member of the Moravian church. And until his wife converted to Moravian, they lived in Cherry Hill. So one day I'm standing in the Martin parking lot, uh, right behind behind the, uh, what used to be called Myva Joe's restaurant. I'm standing there looking off into the distance. You can't see very much because there's just this little slope that goes up into a little neighborhood. And I said, you know, so where is Cherry Hill? And the person pointed right there and said, right there. And it was that slope (laughs) (laughs) and I had no idea. And, uh, and the Cherry Hill hotel, which has not been a hotel for many, many, many years, it's just a restaurant is in a nice old Victorian or Edwardian building. And the original Martin homestead is one of the houses, like basically right across the street from the Cherry Hill hotel. I don't remember which one it is. I'm pretty sure it's someone that is set back a little off the road from, from the main road there. But it's literally right around the corner from the martin factory is where cf martin the first lived when he first moved to pennsylvania and it's basically the next hill over is nazareth hill and you basically just ride right by borough park and go up the hill into nazareth i always imagined it being way out in the country somewhere and and i guess in the (laughs) 1840s in a wagon a horse and buggy it was a you know a bit of a ride but well, but to it's, give you a better you
0: know, idea, if you go to Martin and you miss the turn to go to Martin, you're going to turn right at the Cherry Hill Hotel. So. That's right. You'll turn around in their parking lot.
1: And they always <laughs> have great soups and they have a, always have an extensive menus, so we highly recommend it. But Back to Cherry. Uh, yeah, so that was my quick assessment of walnut, cherry, and kewa. What about you, Mari?
0: Well, I don't have a lot of experience with walnut. Uh, but I would find koa is somewhere between mahogany and rosewood, and I don't just mean that as a quick uh, cliche answer, but it doesn't have the base that rosewood has, and it's still not, if you look at an equalizer, it still doesn't reach the right-hand side of the EQ in the top trebles the way that mahogany does to me. When I say that, I probably mean more fundamental and not, not overtones, but I've often thought of koa as one of those jokes where God said, here, I'm going to make a piece of wood. Do you want it to be the prettiest thing you've ever seen, or the best thing you've ever heard, pick one. Because, and I don't mean this as a dig, if anyone out there has a Koa guitar, I'm really just saying this as a joke, but I think some of the best, prettiest, most gorgeous tonewood is Koa. And when I play it, I regret that it doesn't sound like I want it to sound because I'm a Rosewood guy.
1: Yeah, I think you're hearing, like I say, I think what happens to me, I think, as I put it, you're hearing what's not there. And it takes a while to kind of focus in on what is there. And what is there is that shimmer, that high end, and high mid harmonic shimmer was the word I couldn't think of before. But yes, it doesn't have the meatiness of rosewood. and really doesn't have the meatiness of mahogany when it comes to bottom end. I think that's a totally fair assessment.
0: Yeah, and then talking about cherry, uh, I kind of think cherry is maple with a little bit of a mid-bass bump. And I, I don't necessarily like maple guitars. I can go on record just to say that's really not my cup of tea, but I hear cherry as in the same sort of category as Maple, but it has enough bass that I'm happy with it. And if I play a Maple guitar, I'm almost always just underwhelmed. I think it's just all trebles and that's that's being extreme, but I think it's it lands too far on the treble side of the EQ spectrum. And I think Cherry has some similarities to that, but it, it never leaves me thinking that I have to quick plug this into an amp and turn up the bass all the way. That Cherry has a healthy amount of bass that I think Maple seems to lack. And when I say that, I should really be honest to say, the only maple guitars I've ever played, more of them were Taylor's than Martin's, and the Martin's that I've played, back when Martin was coming out with a lot of acoustic electrics, giving you choices like maple, mahogany, and rosewood, the times I played the maple, I quickly had an opportunity. I think I was at the Martin factory in the R&D room. I was actually listening to it right before and right after mahogany and rosewood. So, especially when you hear a good rosewood guitar, and then immediately go to maple, if you, you know, come to maple by itself, maybe it sounds okay because your, your palate is cleansed or you don't have this bias, but after hearing the two or three side by side by side, I just think, you know, maple doesn't really have enough base for me, but cherry adds a little bit, cherry, cherry almost has enough base. It's like a bassy maple, if that, if that makes some sense basie
1: maple sounds like a character on some sitcom but uh, or an actress (laughs) a name of an actress on sitcom starring basie maple um but well that bias is the key word here because mari and i have a lot of similar tastes and we're martin men in our in our druthers and um there's plenty of people out there who think martin sound too muddy too woofy too this or that particularly in rosewood uh if you take a big bodied Gibson guitar made of maple, that bass string is still the same note, same frequency. But I think what Mari f- focuses on and what I focus on is that undertone and overtone and the, the body resonance and all that. And you don't get that out of maple. And that's why people like maple guitars often. One of the most beautiful Martins I've ever heard was the, uh, was the white Eric Clapton model, which is uh, maple and Engelman. And uh, again, Engelman takes a little while to break in, but somebody who had it from a, a, one that was several years old at a Martin Fest and late at night was playing it in the, in the lounge and passing it around. And it was just so beautiful, very pure, very pretty. But yes, it did not, if somebody was playing a, a Rosewood captain and went back and forth, the maple one would not have that lushness to it at all. So our bias, is what well, again, I think what you were hearing or what you weren't you were focusing on what wasn't there, so you have to kind of focus on what is there, but yeah, it's not something I don't have it in my s- stable it's not something I gravitate toward, but when it comes to koA, the all time greatest sounding martin I have ever played and ever heard, I, a fella asked me to go to elderly instruments. Uh, to play some Vintage Martins in uh, Michigan. And um, so we went there and spent an entire day in a private room while he tried to make up his mind. And I played a 1930 uh, 0040K. Guess. It was it was not a it was not an H it was not a Hawaiian guitar that was converted it had been set up and made to be played with frets and Spanish style I guess it was 0040K, forty K I guess they would have called them but it was all all koa now koa tops koa is a very hard wood koa tops take a really long time to break in so um, if you're ha- happy enough to own one of the Keb Mo models with koa top give it time because it will sound better and better and better and better. But anyway, this was a guitar from 1930 or maybe it was from 1940. So it had decades under it and it sounded spectacular. It's just, uh, it was just the most beautiful and extremely complex sounding instrument. And it was koa and I was very surprised. And a a friend of mine has a, uh, has a, um, a koa topped old Martin that he, use it to play lap steel on. And that also sounds spectacular, but koa tops take a very long time and koa back inside. So like I said, they, they do get sound better and better just like rosewood guitars as they age and, and break in. But it's the path less traveled. Uh, I think uh, Rosewood Mahogany will continue to be the most popular Martins and with good reason. So I'm very curious to see what our listeners have to say about all this, their opinions, where they think we're completely full of overtones about certain things or full of undertone <laughs> about certain things and uh and you know and we've you know we readily admit this is our opinion and our our prejudices and our uh, bias uh, completely involved in these discussions
0: Good point. And I have to assume if you have not piped in yet with your strong opinion about Rosewood or your strong opinion about mahogany yet on the YouTube version of this podcast, I have to assume your keyboard batteries are low because we've been talking (laughs) for almost an hour and surely you guys are as passionate as we are. What do you like better? Please don't hold back. Tell us if you're a Rosewood guy. Tell us if you're a mahogany and I have a, a little bit of a, a question for Spoon coming up right here. I think this has been a good talk, but it's not complicated enough yet. Let's throw a little bit of a wrench in the works. We talked about mahogany being the back and sides. We talked about rosewood being the back and sides. The entirety of this broadcast so far has been solid pieces of wood. You mentioned kaya a few minutes ago, Spoon, talking about the uh, another version of mahogany, and that is still mahogany. Can you speak to the road series of instruments from Martin, where the core wood is mahogany, the kaya center, but it's got veneers of either koa or ziricote. Can we bring that into the discussion and see what happens there? I think it's a great idea because
1: um, because I was surprised, I was genuinely surprised how different those guitars sound. And it goes to show, now this is not, these are, veneers, but it's not veneers and plywood. We're not talking about a Esteban that's made out of boxwood with just, you know, cross layers of, of wood that's, you know. Uh, nice thing about those kind of guitars is they're much more stable. They're, they survive being thrown around in a, in a college student's closet. They survive uh, changes in weather better. You know, you don't have to worry about the humidity, nearly as much all that stuff as you do with a solid wood guitar. Well, Martin's uh, Road series it is, like you said, it's a piece of solid kaya as the core, African mahogany. And then it has the uh, veneer, but it has a veneer, a very pretty veneer, very high quality, gorgeous looking koa, co- uh, gorgeous looking zircote But it has it on the inside and the outside. So the sound waves are still reflecting off of that outer piece. And I, I was not prepared for how much the uh, first of all, the koa versions that first came out, how you could distinctly hear that koa shimmer overtone thing going on. And when they came out with the cote ones, they're noticeably darker and warmer sounding. So so just that thin piece of cote on the inside of the lining, the inside of the guitar is refl- reflecting the sound waves and actually contributing to the sound of the guitar. In both cases, though, you're never going to get the same kind of full-bodied body resonance that you get out of solid wood, and I'm thoroughly convinced the same thing goes for the neck joint. So there's so many things that are contributing to the sound of a Martin guitar. The Martin guitars that are made with the full-size traditional dovetail neck joint in, glued into a solid block are going to, it's going to contribute to the fullness and the complexity of the voice of the guitar, the resonance, and that resonance is going to, uh, it helps get more energy from the strings and from the neck into the body and all that stuff. So it's not just a fair assessment to say the, as good as they sound for the money that that the road series sound differently because they're made with a veneer versus solid wood. It's not just that, there are other things that contribute to why a standard series, a modern deluxe series, the vintage series, sound differently than you're gonna get from the road series, or 17 series, or the X, of course, the X series. So it's not just the tone woods. Um, So uh, none of this stuff can be attributed specifically to just the back and side woods. But yes, I was genuinely surprised and impressed that the Zero Cote road series guitars and the Koa road series guitars, and then the other woods that they use for the Road Series guitars, how they definitely sound uh, differently because of the outer layer of that veneer. Shocking as it is.
0: I almost went to the internet while you said that to try to find a soundbite from Gomer Pyle saying surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Can I get you to do an impression for me? Surprise, surprise, surprise. Never mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, it's been too long um i have a trivia question for Mari and everybody else before we sign off
0: wait a minute you owe us a trivia answer martin first started making mahogany back
1: and sides in 1917 and they switch from brazilian rosewood to indian rosewood happened at the end of 1969 so i guess technically 1970. The 1970 D28 won't be Brazilian rosewood, and 1969 D28 will. There you have it. But here's my trivia question. Mari, can you tell us what model Martin made that had a back and sides made of rosewood and mahogany?
0: That would be the D45 Stephen Stills. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is the martin mtv guitar which was a dreadnought that had indian rosewood for the bass side of the back and the and the side and had mahogany for the treble side of the back and the side and a very, pretty cool guitar looked gorgeous and I owned one for a while and it uh you it definitely had a unique sound um it definitely had a unique sound to the uh the intermingling of those two woods very cool and i know people have ordered them a uh, custom with that combination as well because of that guitar they also came out with a triple o uh shortly after that was uh fiddleback maple on the treble side and indian rosewood on the bass side so very cool interesting rare guitars So check them out if you don't mind having the word unplugged spelled out down the fretboard and the MTV logo. (laughs) They're very interesting guitars.
0: Well, Spoon, you know what the music means. This has been a lot of fun, but we got to get out of here.
1: Yes, that's true. This is fun. I know people could we could probably go on and on and on about Tonewoods, but we'll wait for Michael Dickinson to help us with that.
0: Indeed, we will. From all of us at Maury's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com.